0: Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Luke 19, Luke 19 position. Luke nineteen. We're going to look at verses twenty nine through forty. <clears throat> and the Bible says this. And it came to pass when he was come nine to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go ye into the village over against you in which you are entering. You shall find a colt tied, whereon yet has never man sat. Loose him, bring him hither. Hither is just a good King James word. I try to incorporate it in my daily life. I say, Children, come hither. And if any man ask you, Why do you lose him? Thus shall you say unto him, Because the Lord has need of him. And then they were sent into the city their way. They found it as he had said. And as they were loosing the colt, the owner said something. He says, why do you loose the colt? And they said, the Lord hath need of him. All right, verse 35. And they brought him to Jesus. And they cast their garments upon the colt. And they sat him on it. And as he went, they spread clothes in the way. And as he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the multitude of the disciples began to rejoice, prayed God with a loud voice, mighty had been the works that they had seen, said, blessed is the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven, glory in the highest. Verse 39. Anytime you go and do something good for God, you're always going to have a Verse 39. And some of the Pharisees among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and he said unto them, I tell you that, if they should hold their peace, then the stones will immediately cry out. All right? So he was walking and they placed palm branches and they placed their garments before him. Today by the authority of the kingdom of God and by the power of his name, I'm going to preach a word called, he rode to win the city. Amen? Road to win the city. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just honor you and I just praise you. And, Father God, I just ask that, that you come and you step into this word, that you release your power, Father God, through my lips of clay. Lord Jesus, I ask for the unction and the utterance of the Holy Spirit to boldly declare your word. And I ask for the utterance to be given to every person here, for them to receive of you, Lord God, for them to drink of your water and eat of your food, Lord God. And I ask for signs, wonders, healings, and miracles to be done at the preaching of your word. And you will receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And the church shouted amen. Now remember last week, Y'all were, amen, Pastor Daniel, amen. And I said, we need some of that this week, all right? So here's what we call the triumphal entry. I love this because the, the triumphal entry begins at the place of crushing, the Mount of Olives. Olives do nothing for oil unless they're crushed. He's walking, and they go to the place called the Mount of Olives, the place of crushing. The Garden of Gethsemane is literally the place of crushing. He goes up there, and he says, listen, it's my time to fulfill the word. I am coming now into a city. So he prophesies and says, go into the city, find this. Literally the, the other, other gospels say there was a donkey and then the cult of the donkey in which had never been ridden. And he literally says, listen, they're going to ask you who it's for. Tell them who it's for. says the Lord has need of him. So now it says he descends down the Mount of Olives. Once again, this is the time of his passion. This is the time that he knows what he is about to do to glorify God. Everything he is doing, everything he has purposed in his heart has to do with the Father. It's a couple days later, it's a week later that he will be in the same exact place, sweating drops of blood for you and me. Beginning of the sacrifice of his life. He knows all things, all things are before him, but it, all, it always begins at a place of crushing. See, we want God, we want Jesus, we want, we want everything to be good, but we're afraid to get into the place of crushing. Everything that he was crushed for came forth as your healing. The Bible says in Revelations that talking of the devil says he will be defeated by the blood of the lamb, by the words of our testimonies, and us loving our lives, not unto the death. I, I was there when Tina and Dwight started battling the cancer. I was there with Kimberly when the miscarriages happened. We held Megan's hand while the miscarriage happened. We were there. I was there when my brother was going through brokenness after brokenness and suicide was hovering over his life. I was there. But now it becomes something that somebody else can take and receive healing from. We want the triumphal entry, but we don't want it to begin at the place of crushing. See, every triumph has to come from a place that we need something to triumph over. We want to win the city. There will be opposition every single step if we try to win the city. And there's times that when we're winning the city, listen to me, while we're winning the city, that Pharisees will say, hey, Patrick, silence your disciples. And I tell you that I will always back you up. I will never leave, I will never publicly rebuke you without the heart to publicly acknowledge your works of Christ. Most of the times I will take you in closed doors to teach you, to train you, and to rebuke you because that's what a father does. I'm not here to build my disciples. I'm here to build his. I tell you that this church plant was birthed out of a crushing When I received this word to plant the church, it came out of a crushing time in my life. I love going to the nations. I love the miracles and everything like that. But I tell you what, it is a crushing. It is an absolute crushing to constantly go overseas, constantly go overseas. Kids at the door, tears all over their face. I remember, Kimberly, the first time I went overseas to Nigeria, two weeks before. Angels just like the enemy. Two weeks before, it says, per the American consulate, there should be no travel to Nigeria. Now, I don't watch the news, and I don't play the news in the house, but somehow that got wind to Kimberly. She said, is this true? I went, well, I, mean, I don't know. I remember her and I were laying there just a couple days before I left. And literally it was like we were weeping because in the end you don't know. You trust God. But remember that the enemy will be defeated by the blood of the lamb, by the words of our testimonies, and us loving our lives, not unto the death. I don't want to die, but I'm willing to die for the one who died for me. It begins at a place of crushing. Jesus says, it's time that I ride up into this city. Where are we going to start from? I'm going to start from the place of crushing because that's where triumph needs to come from. I speak to the things that are not as though they are. Every testimony has to be birthed in a place where you don't have it, you don't see it, and you can't even attain it until I believe at the one who does all things Because of who he is. Jesus then says, do this. Go get this. Go get this. And he begins to ride. And they begin to grab the palm branches. It says they break them off and start laying them down. And they remember everything that he had done. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then the church says to shut up. Well, daggone it. Luckily, it's not like that today. Many of churches have told me to shut up, sit down and shut up, sit down and shut up, sit down and shut up. And, shut up. And, and I did. I did. But then the Lord started giving me something to say. And he started opening doors that no man can close. If we are going to win the city, that's why we need to join with other churches Because if one can do a thousand and two ten thousand, then I'm saying one church can do tens of thousands, but two churches can do hundreds of thousands. And then we have the audacity to get churches who don't believe like we do. (gasps) What do we do then? We partner anyway. And maybe they're stronger in some areas that your Pentecostal mind ain't good at. Then all of a sudden, it's three. Could it be that out of a couple radicals in Mount Sterling, a couple of radical pastors, a couple of radical church folks, That even when the Pharisees are crying out, shut up, shut up, we're going to do it anyway. That we would be willing to lay down our lives in a pressing and in a crushing so not just a city can be won. But then we start walking out into the region and we start getting other pastors from other states In August, Kimberly and I have been invited to go up to Michigan. The reason we're going to Michigan is because I'm partnered with a pastor from India who took me to a pastor in Missouri who introduced me to a pastor from Michigan. Is this not the kingdom of God? Is not what this is really about? Could it be possible That if we lay down our church mentality and our church doctrine and we just pick up Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, that we leave the thousands and go for the harvest of millions? We're connected to Ethiopia. They've had millions upon millions upon millions of conversions. I've seen it. I preached six times in four days, and there was three thousand saved. That was just one week. What happens when you join me and we go for two weeks? And I don't need to preach six times because I've got some warriors with me that have come out of a crushing. That have descended out of the Mount of Olives where the, where the, where the, the olives are crushed to produce the oil. And immediately, we get attacked by the church. If you're going to do something for God, you better be prepared to be attacked by God's people. So what do you do? You go to the cross anyway. Well, what, Patrick, what if I'm on the cross and they start shouting at me? Look up to the Father who gives you identity. Jesus is baptized, then he goes into the wilderness. Why? Because the first thing the devil says is, if you're the son of God, Jesus goes, (laughs) no, 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 no. The father told me who I was. It is written, you shall not live off of bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And just so you know, devil, in a couple of years, I'm going to tell the people that I am the living bread that cometh from heaven. Jesus rode into this place. Now, Zechariah 9 says this, if there's young kids and the King James is put up there, I want you to know there's a couple potty words for donkey, okay? That was my waiver, okay? Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. This is Zechariah 9, 9. O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just. He has salvation. He is lowly, riding upon the colt, on the colt of the fowl of a donkey. And he, listen to this. I will cut off the the chariot of Ephraim, the horse from Jerusalem. And I will battle bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and for river even to the ends of the earth. Now look at this. Verse 11, as for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth the prisoners out of the pit where there is no water. This is one that when he comes, he comes lowly, but he comes with power. He comes with authority, and he comes always to set people free. People are in the prisons. There's no water, but guess what? The one that is coming has living water inside of his belly. And he ain't ashamed to give it out to everybody. So many times we're guilty as the church that we find something and we hold it and we secure it like we put a, a patent on it. We put a copyright on it when it should be given to the people of God. Moses says, get on the mountain. They saw the fire, the smoke, the earthquake. They said, no. No. God wanted everybody on the mountain. We have got to give the people of God the things of God and not hold it for ourselves. Now look at this. Verse 12. Turn you to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. He's looking at the people in the bars. He's looking at people in homosexuality. He's looking at people who have been bound in addiction for year after year after year. He's looking at the people that were prostitutes for years and years and years. And he says, listen, you are no longer just a prisoner. You are now a prisoner of hope because I give the true life. If they're battling homosexuality, don't condemn them. Bring them to the river so they can be set free. Don't stop him at the door. Let him come right here and feel the love of God and feel the transformation because the king came from the crushing so he can sympathize with the broken. Jesus rode to win that city. As soon as the Pharisees said, hey, church in Mount Sterling, shut up. And we say, we can't do it. We've got something to say. The next thing Jesus does is he ascends again to the high place. He goes up into the high place and he looks over Jerusalem. And he begins to weep over the city. I preached a message before, it says to cry out for the city. If we want to win Mount Sterling for Jesus Christ, then there better be something in here that weeps for the broken and the hurting. Because Jesus says, I come to seek and save them which are lost. We're not looking for church people, we're looking for the broken, we're looking for the wounded. And they come in here, we don't strap them to the chair. We prepare them to do whatever God has called them to do because they don't belong to us. They belong to him. Jesus rode in from the threshing floor, from the breaking, through the crushing, to hear Hosanna. Because one day he says, you will be prisoners of hope. You prisoners of hope. I shall give double unto thee. We have been so content with our churchianity that we have forgot we serve a God of the double portion. Elijah looked at Elisha and says, what you want? Stay here. I'm coming. All right, you stay here. I'm coming. I ain't leaving you. What did the Lord speak to us today? Let's hold hands. Let's hold hands. Not for the kingdom authority, not for the power but just because I want to walk with God like Adam walked with God. All this, all this is for one thing. He goes to win the city. He rode into that city, not to hear the shouts of Hosanna, but to say one day the broken will come unto me. Prisoners will become prisoners of hope, and they will receive a double portion. Elisha, I've told you to stay. You're here. What do you want? He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. Elijah says, tell you what, what you've asked is a hard thing, but it's not impossible. Come on now. Oh, this this, is a hard thing. But the one who picked me up, he's got more. He receives the mantle of Elijah. Why? Because he chose to wash his feet first. When they were looking for a prophet in the land, The servant says, well, there's Elisha. It says, he poured water on the hands of Elijah. The king said, the spirit of the Lord is with him. Are we willing to weep for a city and to wash their nasty feet before they're clean? Or do we want everybody clean when they come in? If that's what we want, we're in the wrong place. We are in the wrong place because we have royal blood that he didn't ride. He Listen to me. He didn't ride to hear Hosanna. He rode in the city so he could be won. And if we believe we're called to win this city, I'm looking out those doors. I'm looking out into that city. I'm looking into that skyline. If we believe we will win this city, it's going to take us walking in it, not just in here. We can't just preach the kingdom in here, but we got to walk the kingdom out there. Most people will not come. When we do an outreach, we're not going to have signs. We're going to have a healing tent. And somebody's going to come with severe back pain, and they have, they're going to have vertebrae unaligned. They're going to walk like this, and everything is going to snap back in order. They're going to walk into work or wherever they go on Monday, and somebody's going to say, what happened? Man, there was this outreach. What church? No, no, no. It was churches. That's already going to go, oh, what do you mean? Like same church, different people? No, churches. Well, Well, what church prayed with you? I don't know. They didn't have signs. So how were you healed? They prayed in the name of Jesus. They prayed. This one crazy girl, I think her name was Kimberly, was going, Yeshua. I don't even know what Yeshua means, but it came into my heart. And for some reason, I believe that the impossible could be done. And I'm going to tell you that there's going to be times where I'm going, to help, I'm going to be helping coordinate and I'm going to be talking. And it's you. You are going to be the one laying hands and miracles coming. Why? Because Jesus rode to win the city. His triumphal entry came from the place of crushing. He rode into that city to be rejected and to die. Jesus repeatedly said that. He, he even said, how, how can a prophet not be killed in Jerusalem? Listen to me. It shows that we have got to change our church mentality into the kingdom of God. Because we could say the same thing that many, many prophets and apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers have walked into churches that filled, fulfilled the lust of the flesh and not the glory of God and they were slain in the church. Jerusalem has become the church now because the kingdom is not preached, it's not declared, and it's not walked in. But if we're going to win this city, the kingdom has to win it. You have got to be a part of it. It's not going to be me. I can't lay hands on thousands. Listen, I've tried. I've tried. I've been at altars in churches where the pastor said, Praise the Lord. Brother Patrick, you go ahead, okay? We're going to be over here. They went into their office for 30, 40 minutes, and I'm sitting at the altar praying with every single person who wants a touch. I need you. I don't only need you. I want you to know him. Don't stop at the place of crushing. Ride into the city to win it. What city is in your life? Is it the city of deliverance? Is it the city that, man, my kids need to have a clue? Is it the city that you have been so hurt from church that you just want to be healed? Then it's time today that you pack on another man's donkey And ride into the city to win it with him today. He went into that city to be destroyed. And guess what? He he hopped on him anyway. And he rode right in the middle of the thing. It's time that we as the church become the donkey and not the king. We want to be the king. We love the cries of Hosanna. Even though we know that the later cries of days later is crucify, crucify. Crucify. We have got to change our perspective, and if Jesus rode into this city to be sacrificed, then are you willing to win this city if you're the sacrifice? We we talked about that as a team. Are we willing to come into this city to be sacrificed, to be strung up, that many be won for His glory? We're not here to build. We're not here to fill this auditorium. We're here to fill heaven. That's what we're here for. There's thousands and thousands of people that I will meet in heaven that they never once stepped foot in my church, but tell you what, they stepped into relationship with my God. Is that enough? Is that enough for us? To be the donkey that is ridden instead of the king who receives Hosanna. That's the decision the body of Christ needs to make. Are we here for praise and accolades? are we here to be walked on so we're touching the harvest of God? Are we willing to lay down our desires to fulfill his glory? He rode in to win that city. And as of now, that city has not been won. But with his same breath that he weeped over it, I tell you that he has put that weeping in me from Mount Sterling. We've talked about it. If half the city gets saved, there's 24,000 roughly, 12,000 people saved. I don't know about you, but I've looked around. I think I've counted the seats twice. 12,000 can't fit. So we've got to partner with churches. We've got to partner with city officials. We've sat down and talked to the mayor. The mayor knows our heart. So when we go to put up a healing tent, and start casting out devils in the middle of Mount Sterling, the mayor might not understand it, but he says, tell you what, I see the glory, though. Stand with me today.